WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. It's been nearly two weeks since the shooting in Highland Park. Families of those who died have held funerals for their loved ones, and what remains is a long road of recovery for those who survived. WBEZ's Susie Ahn reports. Nubia Hogan says her father was a loving family man. He would joke around. He would dance, you know, for the kids. He was a hardworking man. He worked really hard so that he can give us a good life. Hogan says her father, Eduardo Uvaldo, was adored by his grandkids. He often picked up the five-year-old, the youngest grandchild, from school. He's taking his death really hard. We catch him crying, you know, by himself. And and it's, it's heartbreaking. He just has, like, meltdowns. Other family members were injured during the Highland Park parade, including Hogan's mother, who had shrapnel wounds to the head, and her 13-year-old son, who was shot in the arm. Both were treated and released the same day, but they're struggling emotionally. Seven people were fatally shot and dozens were left injured and traumatized. Experts say it can be a long recovery ahead and strong support is necessary. In the aftermath of the Highland Park shooting and other mass shootings, there's a flood of resources. That rarely happens in communities where shootings are more common but are just as deadly. Tanya Zakrazin is a trauma surgeon at the University of Chicago. She sees victims of gun violence regularly, and she says it's like treating war injuries. For every person who's, you know, killed by firearm violence, there's anywhere between five, six or seven survivors uh, who have been shot uh, from firearm violence. Zacherson says it's hard for a patient to hear about their life-altering injury, and it's extremely difficult to tell family that a loved one has died. The ripple effect of gun violence in terms of recovery is not just a difficult road of recovery for the individual patient. It's difficult for the entire family. It's difficult for the entire community. It's the same in Highland Park. Nubia Hogan's sister snapped pictures of the family at the parade. The images are haunting now, seeing how many other victims are in those photos. Hogan says her husband stayed back with her father after the shooting. He keeps replaying the moments in his mind, feeling guilty that he couldn't do more to save Uvaldo. Give yourself compassion and permission to feel this way. Give yourself compassion and permission to say, you know, I survived. Sonia Mathis Denisulu says it's normal for victims and witnesses to relive those moments and to even feel guilty. At the University of Chicago, Denisulu works with families exposed to trauma, many whom also live in poverty. Our families that we're working with are not only dealing with those issues, but they're dealing with other structural inequities that can exacerbate their condition, which makes the progress for recovery from trauma extremely difficult. I would like to work ourselves out of a business, but we're not there yet. Phil Andrew is a former FBI agent who now works to prevent violence through an organization he co-founded. As a survivor of gun violence, he's working to prevent it. In nearby Winneka in 1988, Andrew was a 20-year-old student home from college. Andrew's family was held hostage, and in the attempt to disarm the shooter, Andrew was shot. His lungs and esophagus punctured. Six elementary school students were shot. One was killed. Five others were critically uh, wounded. And in the course of the assailant's attack, she crashed her car near my childhood home. Andrew says he survived in large part because of access to great health care and community support. And one of the things I recognized is even back in 1988, You know, there were a number of shootings that same day in the city and that those systems did not exist or they were they weren't as healthy 
as the systems that I was exposed to. Andrew wants to see strict background checks and a ban on assault weapons. But there also needs to be therapy, mentoring, and job training, supports that help get at the root causes of violence. Biggest differentiator is that those systems are obviously healthier in resource communities than they are in less or under-resources communities, and that we need to do more to create equity there, but that both systems have gaps. He says a survivor's recovery is difficult and long, but what helped him was being able to take a stand. Meanwhile, Nubia Hogan says she's fortunate that so many family members are close by to support each other, but it's those quiet moments that are the worst. When I'm alone, it's like I really get a lot of anxiety. Hogan has had nightmares of that day. She says nobody should have to go through this, and something needs to change. Susie on WBEZ News.